Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Business Your Way. This week, I am going to introduce you to Blair Brown. She is a brand strategist with an agency model, which is why I got her on the podcast today, because her and I are going to dive into behind the scenes of what it takes to run a successful marketing agency. Blair, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you today. I know. When, you know, when I was talking to you about coming on the show, I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a great conversation. <laughs> so, you know, I never do anyone's bio justice. So I would love if you could introduce yourself to the listeners, who you are, who you serve, and what you do to make your moolah. All right. Well, I'm Blair Brown, and I run a agency, as she prefaced, it is the Visionary Advantages Brand Strategy Group. And what we do is we help businesses with their marketing and branding strategies. So that way their businesses are getting more visibility and in front of the right people at the right time. And then that turns into some dollars for them, right? So there's a lot of strategy behind it. And that's where my team comes in and that we help people out. The second part of my business is that I'd love to help entrepreneurs get their business ideas from an idea into an actual launched business and on the right path. So I give them the roadmap for that. So that's essentially what I do from the day to day. And what brings in the moolah? Both those things. As you ask, you know, I have a, the agency side and then consulting as well. Nice. And what does your agency look like? Describe that to me, like its size. Does it have an office space? Are you completely remote? Like, Talk about your agency to me. Sure. So I actually started my agency right before the pandemic even hit. And thank goodness I already had the vision in my head for it to be digital. I thought, you know, I want to be able to go wherever I want, <laughs> whenever I feel like it, as most entrepreneurs want to do. 
And so that's how I built it. So my team is remote, but I do go into a, a co-working space occasionally. I share an office with my brother there. He is also an entrepreneur, but he has his own business. And so I get to still be around a community of entrepreneurs on a regular basis. It's a lot of fun. So that's how it looks like right now. I've got people all over the place working for me though. We're about, uh, we have five people working for the agency. And where do those five people sit in different roles? Are they all executing on the client work? What does that look like as far as team structure goes? Yes, they are. And they're, well, let's see. (laughs) I got to sort it through my brain. But yes, we have a few people working on the client work. And then I have other people doing work for me as far as lead generation goes, trying to find new clients. And how long does it take you to work out what that structure of your agency looks like? So are you client facing and the rest of the team are execution or, you know, how many client facing client relationship managers do you have versus purely, you know, execution on the fulfillment side of the agency? How does that structure look like for you? And is it working? And have you tried different things? And yeah, mm-hmm. all the questions. <laughs> Bring them on. Yeah. So it actually took me a really long time to figure out this dang structure. (laughs) You know, starting out, it was just me. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to build this whole website by myself and I'm going to build out all these things by myself. And I was able to do it for a while, but it definitely slowed things down. I wish I had known to hire people earlier rather than later. I'd be, you know, I would have been leaps and bounds ahead, but so is learning. This is a learning stage every agency owner goes through. I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I know what I want to sell. I know what I'm great at and what people are really needing because after a while you get clients coming back and, you know, asking for specific services and you start to see a trend. And whenever I saw that trend, I said, okay, I actually need to hire people this time because I can't do all the marketing of my own business and then do all the client work. It just doesn't work out. You're just going to burn yourself to the ground. So I hired people. I'm currently, it's still a very small business over here. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still the person who's client facing. Um, I'll have all the client meetings and really drill down to what they need for their business, what their goals are. And then I communicate that with my team. And then we come up with a game plan on how to execute it together. And so you are the only one doing all of the client facing client relationship work at this stage. Currently, yes. Probably not for much longer. (laughs) As well as all of the, you know, lead generation sales component, you know, the conversion component from Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested in your service to securing them as a client. Is that still Mm -hmm. you as well? So I have a superstar helping me with that. She is doing all of the lead generation, but she is sending it through emails and phone calls. The phone calls are her, but the emails are coming from me because people are more likely to hop on a phone call if they know that they're talking to the founder, which that is who they would be speaking to, Mm -hmm. rather than some other employee that they aren't aware of at at that time. So Mm -hmm. for us, that's kind of been our selling point to try to get people on calls because People don't want to get on sales calls. So you have to find some unique ways to get them on. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm cool with hopping on the call and meeting all of them. So that way I can find out what they need anyway and how, and I can be flexible and come up with solutions for them on the spot. What does your lead generation look like? How are you attracting new clients? Sure. So a few ways. One, social media is a way that's been organic for us. 
that's been great. <laughs> and then also we use a, a CRM and then we go and find these databases and then we'll search through the database for the ideal client that we're looking for. So in these client databases, you can find the industries that they're working in, the size of their companies, if it's the CEO of the company or if it's not. So we go through and we figure out who would make sense for what we're trying to handle right now for clients, like what kind of initiatives we're reaching out for. That's interesting. So where do you get hold of these magic databases? Well. I use Apollo. If you just Google it, you'll find Apollo.io. And then it's a great database to find client leads if you're in the service industry, or really any industry, I'd say, but I'm in the service industry and it has been working for me. So is there a particular client that you serve with your agency or do you have, you know, at least three ideal businesses or are you focused on one industry? What does that ideal client look like for you? So right now we are doing a lot of SEO outreach. So we're a search engine optimization for anybody who doesn't know what that is. Essentially what SEO is, is it's making uh, your website, best friends with Google and all the other search engines, because you always want to land on that first page as a business in order to get noticed. And that doesn't cost Google ad dollars. It's all about organic traffic. So right now we've been, um, we're still in test mode, but we've been focusing on websites or companies that are only available online so that they definitely want SEO. They need it. And we do searches as well to make sure that they aren't already doing it. We have a special set of skills that we can do that. And then we're also looking at restaurant and luxury fashion businesses. And the reason being is because my background is in fashion and my whole family is in the restaurant industry and e-com. I've run two e-com businesses before this. Ah, so that then makes perfect sense as to heading Mm -hmm. down that track. It's what you know, Mm -hmm. and you can dive deeper into it. Yeah, it's more authentic because I know exactly what they need and their pain Mm. points. Yeah. And then leveraging that with your agency, you know, not tracking off down a different track where you're having to work out what that person needs. It's something that you already know. Right. Exactly. I'm not recreating the wheel, (laughs) you Mm. know, but Mm. we're able to deliver this um, service that they definitely need and it's going to benefit their business in big ways. All right. I want to like hop back two steps because now I'm interested to know what was your background before you began your agency? Because, you know, we just talked around how you have this knowledge of this particular clientele, which you're able to target with your agency. So what's your background before you got into agency world? In the archives. (laughs) Okay, so I started my first entrepreneur venture whenever I was 16 years old. So a very long time ago, I was in high school and all these girls at school were carrying handbags like Louis Vuitton and Coach. And I was like, well, I can't afford that. I'm 16 and my parents are smart. They're not going to buy it for me. (laughs) So I went to them and I I said, you know what? I've I've been sewing since the second grade. And I said, you know, hey, can I borrow $300 and have this handbag company? And I guess I'm speeding forward. I made them myself to start. And it really spiraled into tons of compliments from strangers, teachers, friends. And that's when I asked my parents for $300 to start a business. And then my parents, my whole family were all entrepreneurs. They were like, "Uh, yes, absolutely. And it actually really turned into a great business. And I ran it for eight years. 
which is a very long time. So I went into school for fashion. I thought that was going to be my only path. I just loved it. I thought I was going to have a brick and mortar shop, but you know, I realized quickly it's so hard to have a brick and mortar shop at that age. And I couldn't scale it the way that I wanted to. I was literally sewing handbags out of a dorm room. So eight years, loved it, put it on the back burner. I pursued fashion in different parts of the industry, product development, journalism. And then I landed in fashion marketing at a huge company that sells its eight different fashion brands that I worked on. I did marketing, PR, and branding, and I loved it. However, it wasn't, there was always something tapping on my heart saying, this isn't for you, like this isn't it. And I didn't know why, because it was perfect on paper, but it wasn't for me. So then I tried to find another outlet. So I started a business with my mom on Amazon FBA. And are you familiar with Amazon FBA? No. Essentially what it stands for is fulfillment by Amazon. It's another brilliant partnership with Amazon that we are essentially the middleman between the factories in India or China, wherever you're getting them. And you handle all of the production process of creating the product, building it, UPC codes, like all those things, and then getting it shipped to the Amazon warehouse. So we did that together. We had our product on Amazon Prime, Unicorn Party Supplies. And it worked out, but it wasn't as profitable as we wanted it to be. So I'd also need to backtrack on this one because I was working in corporate at the same time of running this business and I was bartending. So I was doing all the things. It was a lot, but living in New York City, you kind of have to do that. It's part of the lifestyle. But because it wasn't profitable, we were like, you know what? Let's just put it back on the shelf and not do that anymore. So I sold the corporate job and I was bartending. And then I just eventually followed that voice in my head and I just made the leap into entrepreneurship. And the way things worked out is I got a friend referred me to her boss said, and they connected me as a consultant. And I realized how desperately people need marketing because for me, it's so second nature. I marketed the two businesses before worked in corporate marketing and branding. It's like, I thought everybody just knew how to do it. And then I realized quickly they didn't. And that's when I started my agency. And so it's since evolved since the starting point, but here we are today. (laughs) What a great journey. And, you know, that would have looked great on paper, like working for a fashion marketing company who wouldn't want that kind of job. Exactly. Free shoes. I have over 200 pairs of shoes and they are awesome. And, (laughs) And I got them for free. It was honestly a dream on paper, but when for some reason you have like this picture perfect job, but it's not, something doesn't feel right. I mean, I loved my team. Everything about it was positive, but I just knew it wasn't for me long-term. And so I had to do something about it. And honestly, I'm so glad that I, even though entrepreneurship is so hard, it's been worth it. And that's the drive every day to get up and continue doing it. it despite the speed bumps is what tells me like it's supposed to be this way, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could sit here and ask you a thousand and one questions around sewing your handbags <laughs> and starting that business and doing all the things because, you know, I've been sewing my own wardrobe for the last, um, I'd say almost a decade now because- Really? Oh, I love I didn't that. Want, I didn't want- to walk down the street and see somebody else wearing the same thing, even though you'd shopped in a high-end shop or, 
the yeah. you know the tops that I brought were just never long enough for my arms or jeans were always mm-hmm. ankle biters and I'm like it used to do my head in so I decided just one day that I'm like I'm done with the ready to wear and I'm just curating my own wardrobe so I could talk to you all day around I love that, that. that's <laughs> awesome it's so rare to meet somebody else who also sews so I, I like oh my gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, so fun like, that you sewed your own handbags and then sold them I'm like oh Oh my God, goddess. <laughs> You're so sweet. That's your next business venture. There we go. <laughs> oh, oh, and I'm like, you know, but it's like, do you want to turn your passion into your business? You, you know, when it comes to this is my stress outlet, this is my release. And yeah. do I really want to turn what I use as a release into a business where then the pressure comes on a little bit more and it's not so... Mm-hmm. I feel like sewing jeans today. Oh no, they're half finished. But today I actually just want to, I want to sew that sweatshirt. You know, I'm like, you can just move and have two or three things on the go, depending on what you feel like sewing on the day. But when you Mm -hmm. turn that into a business, it has to be a lot more structured and you have to be a lot more disciplined Mm -hmm. with it. And then, then is it really that fun? I I mean, I loved it. It didn't feel like work to me. And it, it is such a, anybody creative listening, like it's such a stress release. It really is. You're right. Whenever you're being creative like that. In fact, at my school that I went to, I went to a fashion school in New York and they have a creative room where it's just full of crafts and art supplies and it's fair game to like just go in there and like relieve your stress make a craft and I was like when I went to that school I was like these people get me (laughs) (laughs) creative students so well because when I was in high school starting this business my mom would tease me because she'd wake up in the morning she'd see like three purses made she's like oh the purse elf was here last night I'd be like stressed or something who knows what and I'd be like you know sewing away but it's it definitely was fun. I mean, eight years, that's a commitment. It's um, a big but, amount of time. <laughs> yeah. And it was before Etsy started. And so I had to build my own website from scratch. And then, uh, you know, website in minutes is never a website in minutes. It was like, you know, two weeks of late nights, all overnight hours. And then eventually I switched to Etsy when that came to life. But it was yeah. definitely a journey, but worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. And just being able to do all of that yourself, I'm sure that you learned loads through that journey. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what's nice is like whenever you do take those jumps at a young age, I'm lucky that I did. I wasn't as scared because I didn't have much to lose. You know, it was just Mm. like I had this little safety net. You know, I didn't have like real bills until later. So for a long time, it was great in that sense. But you do have to learn along the way, like, you know, like hiring on help and marketing and then buying advertising, you know, buying ads, things like that. How can you market it for free? And there's a lot of different things that you learn and people Mm. will give you advice along the way too, which is helpful. Yeah. So you could have carried on your journey going down this e-commerce track because, you know, making handbags, selling it as e-com and then 
doing the FBA products into mm-hmm. shop, you know, so you could have carried on down this e-com pathway. What made you pivot from the e-com business model over into a service-based business model working in this agency environment? That's a great question because I don't know what where it wasn't just like, I don't want to sell products. I think it just, marketing is so second nature to me. Mm-hmm. And um, another part of my business is helping entrepreneurs. And so for me, I like marketing. It's very easy to me. And so to help people achieve that success with their business is very rewarding because I know the value of getting your business in front of the right people because you have to make sales, right? In order mm-hmm. to be in business. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you're selling. You have to market yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to help people that are lost in that area, to take that stress off of them, and then I can have fun and be creative with it, or even just giving them advice to me, that's rewarding because they're always like, wow, it actually worked or wow, I never thought of that. You know, I'm sure you get that too with your business all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, to me, it's just like, this is so fun. Like, I love that I get to help people with their businesses. I've had my businesses before this one. I still have one. And to me, it's so rewarding because I know the feeling of getting my product in front of the right people at the right time and seeing those sales come through. It's so exciting. So it just, I don't know, all around, it's rewarding to me. So I just love it. With selling my products, I could still be very excited about that. But just for some reason, pivoting into marketing, it just, it's like the stars aligned, you know, where I had those speed bumps with other businesses, I learned. But now I think after having gone through those experiences, I can understand where people are coming from and I can help them better now versus Mm -hmm. then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that fascinates me too is, Going from going from that point of being solopreneur delivering service into consciously hiring staff and moving into the agency model, that's where I see the, the fork in the road for many service providers. They get completely booked out. They're booked out months in advance, and then they have two options. Do I continue on the service path? and hire other people to help me execute the service? Or do I move into more digital products and sell my knowledge packaged for somebody else to then, you know, take the knowledge and do do what they want with it? Was there a conscious point for you where you chose the agency model? Well, I'm actually doing both. So Mm. I chose, it is conscious effort to do both because I do want to continue to help people and businesses and and individuals one-on-one because I do love providing those services, you know, for bigger companies, but also the individual because I find it so important to, you know, I want to keep that personal contact and like Mm. be able to help them versus like, you know, you're on your own. Like, of course, there's DIY options that are super helpful, but I like keeping that hands-on approach. But I have the digital products that I'm launching pretty soon uh, that actually offers the opportunity to DIY it, but also it has a group call component. So that way they are still getting that help if they get stuck anywhere. So they're taking a course because it's very basic things that they need to do in order to launch a business. But if they get stuck, they're not alone. And I think that's key. I think with digital mm-hmm. products, you need to make sure like that, that your students are also successful throughout the whole process. And But I think that's, you know, smart business too, is how do we diversify our portfolio of services mm-hmm. as an agency owner in that mm-hmm. we're not putting all our eggs in one basket? 
that's definitely been, you know, a journey that I've been on throughout my experience is being super conscious not to put all my eggs in one basket because if the economy changes, all of those outside circumstances that we have got no control over, that changes, yeah. budget changes, people pull back their purses and then your business is screwed. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so exactly. how do you diversify your portfolio in order to ensure that your business is sustainable? Like how have you been thinking about that in your business? Yeah, that's a great question, especially right now. I mean, it, the whole world is in uncertainty right now, but um, I'm constantly thinking, how can I diversify my business just in case? Because you just don't know. And also like, why not? Even if the economy is great right now, you should always have a plan to diversify your revenue. So one, we keep the agency, of course, we're focusing on SEO right now, but we also do web design and things like that, custom projects. So that's one part. The course, it's great because it's, you know, it's not as expensive as working with an agency, right? But it still opens the door for a lot of clients that I do get that are trying to launch their business. And they need help from somebody like me who's done it before. So I can really sympathize and I've made the mistakes and very open about that. So I make, I'm like, don't do this because this is what happens. So my goal is to take out that roadblock for other people so they can do it a lot faster. Like that would make my heart so happy. So those are two different revenue streams. And because the course is already created, it has all the videos and all the exciting stuff that you would need for that. But the group calls aren't every single day but it's enough to help out the students in the course. So it is just like a good way to where I'm spread out in a solid way where I can actually manage all of it. <laughs> but then also there's other opportunities like affiliate partnerships. You know, I think entrepreneurs, there's an endless amount of affiliate partnerships you could do, referrals. Yeah, there's just a lot. I mean, I have a podcast too. You know, you can monetize your podcast. That's another revenue stream over time. And, you know, you just have to think like, how else can I market my brand, but also help a diverse crowd, like while still being niche, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. 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 Tell me about your podcast. What is the name of your podcast? Who is it targeted at? Tell me a bit about that. Sure. It's called the curate your success podcast. And the whole idea is that you can curate your own success because it's out there for you to get. It's just a matter of you taking those opportunities and running with it. That's what entrepreneurs do every single day. Mm -hmm. They are making their future for themselves and it takes a lot of courage and guts. But if you want something, there's nothing holding you back from that. It's just a matter of going after it and taking action. Mm -hmm. So I like to interview entrepreneurs that are out there. They're they're go-getters. They're making their dreams happen. They're not afraid to share about, you know, some of their missteps that they've taken on their journey. You know, most entrepreneurs, they have multiple ventures like me, you know, before they land on the, like the one that they're supposed to be on, let, you know, I say yeah. supposed to in quotes because it might change again. Um, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. But then also it gives some tangible takeaways that they, if entrepreneurs are listening, that they can also implement in their daily business to help grow and scale as well. Yeah, perfect. Love that. Because same with my philosophy is like, this is called business your way because there is no one way to run a business. You've just nope. got to figure out <laughs> what way works for you what strategy works for you? What's your personality? How are you working to the strengths of your personality to make the most of what you're doing? Make sure that what you're doing is aligned with you, how you want to live your life. So all of the things. So 
all the things. your podcast. Very aligned with yours. I love Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Very aligned. All right. I've got one big question for you though, is what was the one thing that you wish you knew before starting down the path of an agency model? Oh, what was the thing that I knew? Okay. So I really think that being able to hire people on, I, I really regret not doing that sooner because it took me, I didn't realize how 24 seven the agency model would be without it because without extra hands, you really are marketing your own marketing business. Well, at least for me, it's marketing, right? That's a lot of work. And then you're trying to get clients and then you're executing the client project and then you're following up and you're juggling all these things at once to where it's really not in a healthy lifestyle at the beginning. And I'll say from my own experience, that's what I did. And I don't recommend that. So Mm. if you can really embrace the fact that, yeah, it's a lot of work at first. It definitely is no matter who you are. It's going to be a lot of work at first. But if you think smart, okay, how can I hire on people to really take this off my plate so I can focus on getting new clients to the door? And also like what services should I offer that can be systemized, easier, more reliable? So if you're doing something that like you have to do personally hands-on for literally every step of the way, it's not going to be super sustainable. It's about Mm -hmm. finding awesome people to help you out, but also something where you as a founder can just like manage and you're able to let go and have other people run it for you. That's key. Yeah. Nice. And what has been your number one strategy for growing your agency? You know, now you've got a team of five. That's, you know, that's a nice, small, you know, boutique agency. It's actually, that's the size I personally love. Mm -hmm. But what's been your number one strategy for scaling your agency? Aside from hiring awesome people, it would definitely be the lead generation we talked about earlier, where we're going in and using that database and finding clients, like narrowing down your niche, of course, and then being able to target them in a smart way and starting those conversations. Because if you're starting conversations, you got to make sure that they're authentic to who you are and what you have to offer. And that way, once you actually land them, you're able to execute. So to scale it, authenticity, find the resource to get those clients and start the conversations. That's what's been able to really help us take off. Perfect. It's start the conversations. I love that because get in conversation to find out what people want, how you can align your business. Are they aligned to you? So much information can be drawn when you get into conversation. So Exactly. It just opens the door, the opportunities, and it's a conversation. It's not scary. Don't be scared of sales. It's just a conversation and you're learning about your potential clients and they're learning about you. It's a relationship building thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that's key for an agency because you're working one-on-one with people. You are part of their team. So you really want to build rapport and get the clients where the relationship is a mutual partnership, right? Exactly. Because especially if you're the customer facing person handling the client work, you know, you really do get to know that client on a personal level. And I think that relationship is so key. And, you know, you want to get those awesome people to stay with you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Perfect. Blair, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Like I don't often get the opportunity to chat with other small agency owners and go behind (laughs) the scenes and chat about all the things. 
But it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'm sure the listeners will have got lots of juicy little nuggets around everything that you've shared today. (laughs) So how can people come hang out with you? There's a lot of places you can hang out with me, (laughs) but you can go to BlairBrown.com and that's spelled with an E. So Blair with an E, Brown.com. And you can find me on Instagram at, it's at business by Blair Brown, or you can hang out and listen to my podcast at Curate Your Success Podcast. And it's literally on all the podcast networks. Fabulous. I'm definitely going to check out the podcast and have a good listen. So thanks again for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so wonderful. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint-hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and center every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyze the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are. So once you've done the quiz, why don't you take a screenshot, jump over to Instagram, share it on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. I'm at sandrajulian.co. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you listen on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.